Welcome to Bad Movie Brunch. I'm Luke. I'm Katie, and we're both in quarantine. <laughs> we are. Another another week, Katie. Another week mm-hmm. of, of sweet, sweet uh, isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you doing? How are you coping? I'm okay. You know, I'm still uh, going outside for runs when it seems like there's not a lot of people out. And uh, that's been nice to get a little bit of sunshine. And... Um, Working on things like I'm attempting to knit a baby blanket. I'm now on my uh, third attempt. So third attempt's the charm. It's just going to be a gigantic scarf, but a blanket because I only know how Good. to do the knit stitch properly. Well, yeah, that's 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 more than more than me, man. <laughs> I have been <laughs> I've been knit, I've been knitting nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in, in this time of uh, in this time of quarantine, it's important to keep yourself uh, busy and keep mm-hmm. your uh, keep your keep your hands busy katie um i know i personally like me and taylor yesterday probably played like cumulative 14 hours of gamecube gamecube oh, really nice. made a resurgence in this household during the whole uh covid19 thing um, i love gamecube which, gamecube yeah, was my lining. number one system for a while you know and i have friends that are just gamecube purists and i was always 64 ride or die and kind of like mm-hmm. i mean it's, it's still my gamecube from when i was a kid so i obviously had it and stuff and i liked it but mm-hmm. it was never like my go-to until i got older now i'm really appreciating i've been playing nba street nba street v3 we've been mm-hmm. playing double that da- mario kart double dash taylor played harry potter in the chamber of secrets yesterday for Ooh. just just like sun up sundown yeah um, oh that sounds like so much so fun that's what we're trying and i gotta be honest um keeping your hands busy is important as we've <laughs> seen in our latest fable uh mm-hmm. idle hands katie this is a you pick and this so is a me pick it I, I don't know how this went under my radar I've, i didn't know anything about it why why did you choose it i'm, I'm thrilled you did but why'd you choose it <laughs> well it's you know i I remember seeing the poster, probably, or maybe a VHS copy at Blockbuster, like, years and years ago. And I knew the basic premise, and I kind of filed it away, but, you know, I wasn't... I stayed away from horror films a lot when I was younger. Like, I really didn't get into them until college. And um, in talking with Erica, I was asking, like, what kind of things inspired her. And she mentioned that part of the inspiration for her uh, short film, Welcome to Hell, was Idle Hands. And I was like, okay, filed that away. And then I, at some point, was like, we should just watch it. Like, that would be fun. And I'm really glad that we did. I had a really, really good time. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it exists in this interesting late 90s fair where, like, it's, um, it's, it's, a stoner comedy, but also like Evil Deadish, and Devin Sawa is the lead, who I guess was a big Final Destination boy. But more importantly, he's Stan Luke. He's Stan from Eminem's from that music video. Holy shit! Really? I guess that makes total sense, dude. Dude, Devin Sawa was the '90s kid. Like Devin I Sawa. I totally forgot and... about him. Oh, Devin Sawa's okay. So. When Macaulay Culkin started his podcast, Bunny Ears, I started listening mm-hmm. to it, um, like, pretty religiously. It was it, It's still going. Um, they switched formats, and, like, now it's more like him, Macaulay Culkin, interviewing people alone. And that's also wonderful. I just kind of fell off. I liked when it was him and Matt Cohen because they were just talking about whatever random bullshit that came to their mind, and it felt very uh, 
relatable stream of consciousness. I liked it. Um, regardless, one of the runners in that in that show was like, who would win in a fight, Macaulay Culkin or Devin Sawa? Mm-hmm. And like, it, it was like a total runner that kept like gaining traction and shit like that. And then like Macaulay Culkin would like fire shots back and forth on Twitter with Devin Sawa <laughs> and shit. Uh, wasn't he also? He was like in Little Giants, I believe. I he, think was. he was like, yeah, was so- and like. Junior, I had no idea. He had such a career. Like he was, he was human the boy. Casper. He was, he was in Casper. SLC yeah. Punk. He oh, like fuck yeah. He was in Slackers yeah. and he, he's he's been consistently in movies. He was oh, in the Fanatic yeah. apparently. And he, he he's gonna be boy. in two movies this year. He's gonna be in Disturbing well, the Peace and Hunter Hunter. I'm thrilled about it because I have to say, I you know, I think part of the reason this slipped under our radar, Katie, is because we were fucking seven when it came out. And it's a rated R, sto- <laughs> a rated R stoner horror comedy. Yeah, so that's true. I think I think we can forgive ourselves for for missing it. But mm-hmm. now that I've seen it, I gotta say I like, and I, this is probably like every episode for every fucking listener. They're like, okay, here's this movie that has fifteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Luke's gonna say he loves it. Katie's gonna be nice to him and also critique it, but talk about what's good about it. No. <laughs> Um, I really liked it. That's the I thing. Love it is too. I had a great time because the, the if you just follow the logic of the movie, like it's a really good time. I do have one hang up, of course, but we'll get to that. But on is the, it the whole, pro- like, is it the I, poor, problematic Jessica Alba? <laughs> absolutely, a hundred percent. You got me. Oh, good. That poor mm-hmm. girl doesn't get to wear clothes in this movie. No, no, or be a character, or have independent no. thought, or be anything but a sex prop. This is three white dudes that love tits and weed. So, But, okay, here's um, the thing, though. Okay, we're just going to get into it. So this movie is about a lazy stoner guy who whose hand gets possessed because I guess he's so lazy that his hands literally become the devil's play things. He kills his parents, and then he just starts killing everyone, including his two stoner friends. And I guess he just... The hand gives him the bravery to finally ask out Jessica Alba and like grab her and then they have sex even though he he never changes his clothes and his clothes are all blood dripped and like he hasn't showered during the entire course of this movie and it goes over multiple days after multiple murders yeah they're all really greasy looking like when he first gets into the room with her or whatever and she's like oh I never thought you'd have the confidence just grab me like that I was like oh, okay and then <laughs> and then like what well, like I didn't think they actually hooked up right then and there i thought they were like going to their parents she's like my parents can't have some have some dirt find some dirty bloody boy in my bed or something (laughs) like that which is like god damn it and here's the thing with what she's working with she's 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 hilarious it's just it sucks Mm -hmm. that that's the role she's stuck with because jessica alba is like super talented and she's stuck with the really hot girl next door like object of the story but here's the thing okay so i very cynically, after seeing this movie, I was like, okay, this is a dude movie by dudes. And then I looked into it. Or actually, up top, when we were first watching the film, I noticed something, and I've never I've never seen it before, even though I've seen, apparently, so many of their films. I saw one of the production companies was Team Todd. And I, honest to God, thought it was just two dudes named Todd. And I thought mm-hmm. that they just make these kinds of movies. I was wrong. It's these two sisters... Suzanne Todd and uh, her sister. I'm sorry, I can't remember her name. I think her name is, like, um, Julian Todd. But, like, they they run a production company together, and they've done all of the, um, 
Austin Powers movies together. They produced uh, Across the Universe, um, Celeste and Jesse Forever, the Bad Moms movies. And recently they uh, produced Jexy, the evil Siri movie, Noel, which is about Santa's daughter oh, going I watched on a that mission. on disney plus yeah they produced that was a disney it. plus launch title holy shit yeah man well wow prolific as hell i fucking want to work with them <laughs> i want to be and them i me too i was looking into them and like one of the sisters she had the like okay so it's suzanne and jennifer my apologies and they had the wherewithal like when i think it was suzanne when she went to usc to study film instead suzanne. of yeah instead of focusing <sighs> on like uh like acting or like other parts of filmmaking she was like i guess in a minority of producers which meant that she had this wide breadth of talent so she spent a lot of the time like networking while she was in school and then um eventually she just got things going like pretty quickly and in five years she started a production company with demi moore and then i guess a couple years later after that she started a production company with her sister who dropped out of usc because i mean if you if you have a family member who's making the moves and you you know, you're really tight. It makes sense. And they're yeah, very, they're, they're incredibly female positive from what I read. And they're interested in like, they, they are, were attracted to the bad moms movies because they want to make movies about mothers who aren't perfect because they think that there's some, there's a lot of pretending and being a parent, especially a mother. And I'm reading all of this and I'm like, yes, but I just watched Idle Hands, which is so different from any of that. And it is. I, I have such a... And then I thought, like, maybe it's the writing. But then the, the writers... So they're Terry Hughes and Ron Milbauer. And Terry's a woman. They've been writing partners forever. And they got started on all things on uh, the... um Gosh, what was it? Let, let me see. Yes, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Hell yeah. And well, it's like... They're, they're I don't still know, it's like... rocking, man. Yeah, they, they're still having careers. They, they like, either have... um shows that are sci-fi dramas like the 100 and quantum break or like eureka or uh i believe uh ron milbauer also writes on the handmaid's tale wow yeah i mean it's well that's good to know because it, it makes mm-hmm. me feel it makes me feel better because i'm sitting here wondering because like it seems like in my research this movie is like the cult following is pretty huge now and it's mm-hmm. like pretty, pretty well loved. They're getting uh, like scream factories doing a, uh, uh, anniversary, like special edition Blu-ray, whatever the fuck, uh, coming up. I saw that was like an article from February. So like movies not going anywhere. I saw an article about Devin Sawa being like, yeah, it'd be cool to make a sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's, it's, I wonder if it's just a matter of this movie is definitely like, homaging tropes of like older like horror movies from like the 70s and stuff that mm-hmm. like that like have the the female elements like i mean always like there has to be tits there has to be like a, a, a dumb girl or two getting slashed at the beginning you know mm-hmm. um so i wonder if like they use that as a as a, like if this is me trying to like reason with it and here we see you know female like in females in production and on the script and stuff so i wonder if then that's them making fun of that and laughing about it but it doesn't necessarily play know. that way it comes off cringy like it yeah. comes off uh, as pretty bad especially 21 years later mm-hmm, um for sure poor jessica Alba. And but, yet, at the, at the same time, you have another comedic character, another woman, the druidic high priestess, 
Debbie Lecure. Oh, yeah. Vivica A. Fox, is it? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, she's she just, rocks. like, riding in a truck. And she's like, I got the, the sword to she's kill the ass. hand. Yeah, oh, and yeah. she's really funny. She's like this. And she takes very, what she wants. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like she, she, she has a lot of agency, which is so interesting in comparison to the, um, to the Alba character. And, and I, I just, I have trouble wrapping that part of my mind around it. But the everything else, I'm so on board with. So I, I had no idea that the hand was a different credited character, and I, so I just looked that up. And that dude was also the thing in the Adams family. And he, it just looks like his entire career is hands. Jesus Christ. He's a hand model. That He's is a like, hand model. that is, that is the most interesting like piece of trivia you could have ever fucking told me. That's like, <laughs> that reminds me of like how the CW does on like superhero shows where they're like, well, we're making a flash show. Who should play the flash's dad? And they're like the flash from the nineties. Mm. And it's like, Oh, good idea. Or it's like, Oh, we're making Supergirl. Who should be her dad? It's like, uh, Superman, Dean Cain from the nineties. Like, Oh yeah, good idea. And it's like, Hey, we need to cast a hand. It's like, why don't you just cast a guy who's n- known as, you know, probably the most popular hand in pop culture. Mm-hmm. I'd say. Yeah. Holy shit. What a pull. What uh. a, that's just, that's just knowing where you came from in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I do think it's like, hilarious i you know what it reminds me of if we we, i always kind of like to dig through our catalog and see like what it uh is similar to and i think about when we watch slice Mm -hmm. and i'm i I remember like thinking like the way you pointed out to me was like slice was just missing something that's how it felt Mm -hmm. like slice is like a cool concept and i like it but like it kind of falls flat and then i'm like watching idle hands i'm like oh this is like the billion times like more like this is like this has been done like this like they did this 20 years before slice and it's like pretty goddamn solid and Mm -hmm. the humor's on and seth green is killing it and devin sawa's on one with like like his physical comedy especially dude cracks me the hell up in this movie like when he's rolling the joint of like nutmeg and oregano (laughs) and he like leans over and like like has the dog like the drool of the dog's mouth like roll like like seal the joint for him Mm -hmm. i'm like this is just a good movie. And then, <laughs> and then like, like when he's on the phone, he's like, yeah, I think my friend did like some, some nutmeg or something mm-hmm. like, like with nine one one, I'm like busting a gut top notch shit. Um, what is your favorite performance in idle hands? Oh man. I, I guess it would be Seth green. I, I just think Seth Green's just a good time. Um, or, you know what, actually, probably the hand, because I thought, like, Devin Sawa did the hand acting, and I was like, he's really good at hand acting, surprisingly. Is, I was like, is. good on him. He's super good. And as it turns out, it was Christopher Hart, apparently, or he does the hand when he goes rogue. So When he goes rogue, but Devin is the one tripping it, like, I can't move my pinky at all as much as Devin Sawa's moving his twitchy pinky in this movie. <laughs> like, he's okay. got some weird, wiry fingers, man. Like, so that I'm, is I'm him. He does do that hand acting, then. I mean, because that's him. Unless okay. they like, I don't think they had the budget to like green screen that dude's hand on. I assume that's all Devin Sawa. Okay, Until the cool. hand is chopped off, Devin Sawa's given an Oscar-worthy fucking uh, physical and hand performance. Uh, yeah, hand performance. It's 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 unreal. He's also just crushing. I mean, the oblivious nature of like him and Seth Green and Eldon Henson, who like I didn't realize. Like I was like, oh, I know when I saw him on Daredevil, I was like, I know you from Mighty Ducks. But little mm-hmm. did I realize is like I should have been watching Idle Hands this whole time. What a fool. <laughs> just three horny stoner teens just cracking also, my shit up. Vivica A. Fox really cracked me up in how, like, intensely she committed to the bit of oh, yeah, she was being in. this weird, like, 
traveling druidic priestess who just like slays hands all the time that's just what she does that's just like her job i think my friend did some like nutmeg or something (laughs) dude this shit was fucking killing me like to have your parents like dead in your own living room for two days and not Mm -hmm. realize it is top notch um do you have any clue what the budget was i didn't look it up so this movie was a flop. It had a twenty-five million dollar budget, and it made Damn, o- over that's four high. million. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Well, that's Christopher brutal. Hart, the hand from you know, uh, the Adams family, he cost top dollar. Also, the offspring, Fuck. the offspring are in this movie. They play at Halloween prom. Oh, you're right. Also, I wonder, they had to have paid, like, a shitload of money for Motley Crue's Shout at the Devil because they play mm-hmm. it, like, 65 times in the fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this, we only got the chorus, and we're looping it, so be ready. Yeah, there's a there's a dude in this movie who wears a lot of leather named Randy who He has huge lips. Yeah, he doesn't really do a lot, but he, he's, a, he's a good dumb time, and he eventually hooks up with, uh, with Debbie LeCure, and he's the one blasting that music over and over again. And they, at some point, just assume that he's satanic because he enjoys, you know, heavy you metal. You listen to that one song about the devil from the <laughs> 80s, right? Uh, yeah, but but it's it's pageantry. Like, like it, it, he doesn't strike me as a satanic character. Like, I think that's the joke, is that he just listens to this goofy hair metal music. But he's, he's just sure. a dude who enjoys his truck. That's like his yeah, whole character. He's, just, he's, he's not, just a truck guy. He's just a truck guy who enjoys hair metal, which is Dude, I'm from a whole town evil. of truck guys. Mm-hmm. I'm from a whole town of truck guys that love hair metal. Mm-hmm. Um, believe me, and and it's definitely a real thing. <laughs> um, I think there was a there was a moment where so like let me give you like the 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 stages of me watching this movie. It's like me okay. like finally putting it on. I'm like, all right, I'm watching. This is like. The opening scene of Fred Willard and, like, and everything. It's, it's all pretty funny. And I'm like, got it, got it, got it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the further we got, I was like, oh, this is hilarious. And then I have to admit, we got deep into it. And I thought I was, like, really enjoying it. But we get to, like, around the end of the second act, into the third, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like, oh, where are we headed? And then you have, like, we go to the dance and you have poor, poor naked Jessica. Well, not naked, but, like, poor lingerie Jessica Alba strapped to, like, the hood of a car or, something, mm-hmm. or the top of a car. And, like, the hand at this point, like, I was like, mm, this movie's really lost me. But then he gets to, like, the hand. They, like, they team up and, like, get the hand stoned. And I'm like, how did they not think of that in the first five minutes? Well, I was discussing this with Erica, and she thought, like, I was like, this is an anti-weed movie, right? Like, that's that's what this Almost. is. Almost. And, yes. And so she thought her reasoning was that, they were worried that it was going to come off like an anti-weed movie. And so the way to solve, like, kill the hand, ultimately take the hand down, is to get it high. So the message, therefore, becomes weed is not necessarily evil, but you need to smoke responsibly. Like, that's the thesis of Idle Hands. There it is. And, like, you know, I, I also think that's established with... Um, Seth Green, when uh, when he's like, here, you need a little, need a little, uh, need to relax, spend a little you time or whatever, and he like starts to like shove a butt of weed into his like Devon Sawa's inhaler pipe, yeah, and he's like, no, no, you know, like, 
Uh, he starts to, like, get on his, like, soapbox about how he's, like, done smoking weed. And Seth, Seth Green just, I'm like, I started to, like, kind of, like, eye roll. I'm like, not in this movie. And then Seth, Seth Green just cuts him off. He's like, no, no, no Kevin Costner speeches. Let's just go. And I'm just like, <laughs> fuck yes. <laughs> and then uh, and then it's further established with uh, with Eldon Henson's line, the, uh, once again, uh, the day is sa- an otherwise disastrous day. What, marijuana saves an otherwise disastrous day. <laughs> It's just super, like, I feel like that movie, more than a lot of movies I see um, in the present, just knows mm. what it is. Oh, it looks yeah. like this This should have been, like, again, I'm so happy that, like, uh, movies like Slice happen because Slice is awesome. And I think it homages things like Idle Hands. I just find a real lot of parallels in that. But I also just watched, like, uh, I mean, I watched tons of a24 and i just watched last black man in san francisco mm-hmm. and you never thought i'd be comparing that to idle hands but what i'm what i'm getting at is i just watch that and you watch uncut gems and you watch like Lady Bird and all these movies that a24 is like scooping up and there's all these movies that have the most distinct flavors and they know exactly what they are and idle hands is a movie that we're like throughout is like we know exactly what we are you get to like hang out with us and you're luck we're lucky that the screenwriters were able to make it funny enough throughout because mm-hmm. that movie can fall flat if you don't have like really good like jokes, really good dialogue, and uh, really like uh, gung ho on board performances. Um, so like, I can I can sit there and believe that movie and and, and get trapped in that world for an hour and thirty five minutes because I buy in, mm-hmm. and that's not easy to do, especially a movie that I'm watching at home, not trapped in a theater. Like I stayed captivated. Good job, Devin Sawa. Mm-hmm. I yeah I. And I just, like, the, the internal logic of this film, like, people can come back as the undead, as un- as zombies in this movie, but, so, Devin Sawa's parents don't, because they... Yeah. Well, it's because, and they explain it. So, it's implied that Devin Sawa's parents were like, oh, okay, we're just gonna go to heaven. Like, we're, that's just oh, what it's yeah. gonna be. But the two friends, like, they, they were like, yeah, we heard, there was, like, this light and these voices, and they were like come to the light, come to the light. And we were like, ah, too far. So that's why they come back as zombies because they just couldn't, they were so lazy that they couldn't sort be bothered uncool to, music. Uh, to ascend to, yeah, to ascend to heaven. They just didn't want to do it. So they just come back to eat, even though they don't, they don't need to eat anymore. But, but it's, it's like no. part of the excess is because these are very like, just, just guys that like have spent their entire lives eating and watching things and smoking and to them at least during this portion of the movie that's more attractive they'd rather be zombies than doing that than go to heaven eventually they do Can at I the also- end of the film but like i do find it really fascinating like that's kind of a commentary on like what kind of characters they are that they're just like ah let's just go back nah. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, uh, it's like, guys, you blew off heaven too? And they're like, nah, man, we're guardian angels. I was like, oh my God, make the sequel, make it. <laughs> I would, I would go. I would, go, especially in, at, like, it, you know, now if theaters are dead, like my cynical brain is like, like screaming at my anxiety. Um, direct, put that to, put that to streaming. But here's what I will say. The sequel warrants the budget. Thank God this movie cost $25 million because mm-hmm. I don't want to see this movie half-assed. I want the effects. I want it to be uh, exactly up to the the standard that it's delivering. And uh, if you if you don't have the dough to make those effects work and have headless fucking zombie friends and Seth Green with a bottle through his dome and, like, all that good shit, 
I'm not into it. I want it to be $25 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like indie indie filmmaking horror, like forefathers are rolling in their fucking graves. Like me saying that I want this shit movie to be $25 million. But I think it's worth it. And I think mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's definitely probably maybe not monetarily because like you said it flopped real fucking hard but oh yeah it's definitely like still paying off dividends 20 21 years later if i'm talking about it on this podcast and it came out when i was seven maybe mm-hmm. 20 years from now other people will be talking about it because not because they heard our podcast because nobody listens but if like me or you have children and tell them mm-hmm. i don't know regardless watch idle hands release yeah. a sequel to streaming on amazon prime i'm just uh I'm just I'm kind of obsessed with it. I'm really I'm really thrilled you chose it. Yeah, me too. I, I I just had a great time with it. I think that if it's one of those movies where you just have to accept the internal logic and then once you do, you're going to have a good time. Yeah, totally. Like just buy in and and hang out. This would have been good for uh Halloween time. I love that it's set in Halloween. I feel like it's definitely borrowing a lot from uh Halloween in more ways than one because uh the way it opens up and then we come up, we open up on the jack-o'-lantern and stuff. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. And obviously I feel like it's trying to fuck around and make fun of uh, spoof like old slashers um, that are really popular. But I also read in the trivia when I was uh, watching this on Prime that uh, it was shot in the same neighborhood as Halloween. Uh, the oh, first yeah. One. Well, they that, uh, that first shot is very... I, th- I thought oh, that was totally. an homage to Halloween. It was just like boop, 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 mm-hmm. boop, boop. Yeah, totally. Which me, which also makes me like, oh, cool. So Idle Hands and Halloween were shot in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Go Midwest. <laughs> um, oh, okay. I thought you said Halloween Town. Sorry. I, uh, no, Halloween. Okay, boop, boop, got boop, it. Boop, 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 I don't think that's right, but... <laughs> it sounds um, right to me. Yes, Halloween. Not Halloween Town. I, if it were Halloween Town, I'd actually probably be like five notches more excited, frankly. <laughs> um, even so, even yeah, so. Yeah, I want to get this movie. I'm, I got to own it. I want to. I would throw this on again. It's a total like um, it it uh, does itself a big favor by being a full on stoner comedy. Mm-hmm. I think. I think by falling into that genre, it it uh, helps warrant its rewatchability because it's like sort of like the way Up in Smoke was like passed down through generations in the way like Harold and Kumar go to White Castle and the way mm-hmm. we pass down Jay and Silent Bob strike back and everything mm-hmm. uh, to the next generation. This will, I think this goes right in there. Like, I think it should. I think it should stand shoulder to shoulder with the other stoned titans of mm-hmm. uh of of stoner comedies how about you do you, do you am i am i over am i overreacting like am i no, being no, crazy no, no. I, I i'm very delighted to sometimes i'm it. hyperbolic i and i'm like often hyperbolic i know no, that about myself no no no. i i think it's great and i i just it was just fun i i know that like they lost you with them sacrificing jessica alba and like she was gonna be I was like, like what are we doing here like i kind of forgot like i spaced out and then i was like we're at this part and i was like what's happening well, like, like that the was, hand was trying to steal Jessica Alba from uh, Devin Sawa. And so he was going to take Jessica Alba. He was going to sacrifice her and take her to hell with him. I believe that yeah, was the implication. Yeah. And I, I I, mean, I thought it was pretty fun. You know, um, I mean, it's not great for her to be strapped to that car at all. But like, it is kind of a rare mo- moment in the movie where she's just like, what is happening? Like, like, she's finally like, this is ridiculous. I'm at my wits end. This is dumb now. And like when they start smoking, she's like, are you really smoking right now? It's like, oh, she's becoming a real person for once. She immediately backtracks after that scene. But like fear for a moment makes her almost like a real person. 
And you're getting you're seriously getting stoned with your friends right now. Yeah, I I thought that was a good line, and I oh, um I I thought I like the, the pentagram, the, the pentagram at the end, and like the j- just the the danger of that. Like, like there's real danger in that scene, and I I think that it's built up pretty well. So one, I mean, one day when we're like more famous, me. Katie, and we can reframe this podcast where we interview celebrities from their films i want to talk to all these fucks oh yeah (laughs) Um, anyone just because like oh anyone any any single person from this production (laughs) i want to talk to i'm like like i i honestly it's kind of weird how like people honestly probably shouldn't take my opinion very seriously because i actually don't know that much about film history sometimes i'm sitting here being like how did i not even know this film existed like even when you said the title i was like i don't know what that is Mm -hmm. um so you know, a new day, a new discovery. I'm fucking Magellan over here. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad to hear it. So, uh, yeah, I'd highly recommend it. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on Idle Hands? Not on Idle Hands. I think I've, uh, I think I've, I've, I've sucked the Idle Hand for, for, for the allotted amount of time. <laughs> um, but like, I want to go back to what I was saying about Last Black Man in San Francisco because oh, I have sure. to say that. Uh, I just started, and I had to work it in somehow because I'm like, and I, I also watched Game Night this week. Um, we're watching lots of quarantine shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Game Night went under my radar. Did you watch that? No, no, I still haven't seen it. Dude, it's f- hilarious. Like, what a good studio comedy If while we're on the subject. Like, it really, really, really delivered. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, I'll edit that out. Um yeah, no, it really, really delivered. It was hilarious. I thought uh, Jason Babin and Rachel McAdams were, like, hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I know that my one-word hilarious review may not be enough to warrant people to go check it out, but you should do yourself a favor. It's two, I'm two years late to the party, mm-hmm. um, but it's great. And then, goddamn, I'm late to the party on Last Black Man in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Because, I still need to see that one, too. I heard it was oh, excellent. Oh, my word. This movie, I'm a fool. I asked, I got it for Christmas because I was like, oh, that looked great. And I wanted to watch it before we did our top 10. And mm-hmm. then I moved to LA. A lot of shit happened in that like holiday time uh, span and I didn't get a chance to watch it. Finally popped it on. This would have probably been in my top five of 2019 oh, nice. if we would have, like, at, I mean, it was, it was pretty stunning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was pretty, pretty like just movies like that don't go to, like I feel like movies like that don't go to theater anymore, and they did, and nobody saw it, and that's why movies like that don't go to theater. It's all this horrible fucking cycle. I need to get my ass in a theater, mm-hmm. but it's just like I didn't even know what the plot was, and you just like you walk into this movie, and I won't I won't give it away because I want you to see it, but it's just like it becomes this very very beautiful, uh, very theatrical tale of just a couple a handful of characters in a handful of uh, uh, locations just in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so like, it, it reminds me of like, like the flicks we love, like, uh, like early Linklater stuff. Um, it reminds me of just like, you know, people talking except for the big differences. They got it's that money again, where we can have like crazy crane shots, like going up 16 stories and like all these like brilliant establishing shots and all these like beautifully lit, uh, just sets. It's just my god and the performances are so unbelievable and natural and i just i i i can't recommend that flick enough mm-hmm. and i think it's the i think it's the director's first feature i think the the plot is very much rooted in reality 
the uh, the actor uh, Jimmy Fails playing the character Jimmy Fails uh, in the movie is a treasure. Mm-hmm. Um, God damn, just watch it whenever you get a chance. <laughs> it's dope. Absolutely. Maybe I'll send, you want the you want the digital copy? Sure. I'll screenshot that your way. R N. Yay! Thank you. Um, what about you? You watch anything else? Did we talk about at the beginning? I can't remember. We did not. My I, coffee's um... kicking in. <laughs> I um. I decided to, I know last time I told you don't watch, uh, don't fuck with cats, but then I turned to Erica last night at like 10 p.m. And I was like, what if I messed your life up and we watched it together? And we watched all three, yeah, we watched all three episodes together. And then uh, I had a really good discussion about her, uh, about it with her this morning. And we we were talking about like, um, like when you make, a documentary about a, a serial killer like you you run into this issue of exploitation and of giving somebody in this case somebody who wants attention the attention that they've always craved so in that sense they win but to me what's really great about don't fuck with cats isn't the serial killer and I know this is a very crass thing to say but I think psychopaths are kind of a dime a dozen I, they're not very interesting to me but the sleuths in this movie, they're basically like Facebook moms and dads who just decided to solve this case. They're the ones that I think are worth watching it for. Um, and I like there there's two people in it, John Green and Deanna, and just they're they're computer nerds. And the way that they interact with each other and um, just really dove into this and became obsessed and how it kind of like, put them in danger i i thought that was all very fascinating and how like they like deanna had to step back for a while because it was just getting too much to me they're the true stars of it and i understand i I totally understand where people come from when they don't want to watch something like this because it is exploitive and but but for me really it's the sleuths that are that are the stars dude that would make like an incredible comic book like oh yeah, not necessarily for sure. Like a, a cat serial killer or whatever the fuck's going on in that show. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, but like, uh, like a like a neighborhood of like moms and dads like teaming up against like like a like a murder or something like mm-hmm. a or like I don't. I mean, that's I mean it's actually kind of the exact same thing. But comic book, I'd read the shit out of that. That's a great idea, man. It's like a group of mom and daddy Batman's like fucking just taking on taking matters into their own hands. No superpowers, but their mm-hmm. but their own intellect. I love it. That's beautiful. Yeah. I, a beautiful thing about a not so beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I also rewatched Onward with my roommates and it's still I great. still can't do that one. Really? You can't do on Oh yeah, okay. So um <laughs> I get it. Hey, bad movie bro. Yeah, my uh, so for anybody that doesn't know. Yeah, uh, my dad died <laughs> like uh I'm not telling you Katie, you know that. Um mm-hmm. my dad passed away uh in february we're in april so still a little fresh i can't do onward my mom and uh sister actually watched it last night mm. um and i was like you guys are fucking crazy and uh they my sister texted me she goes yeah don't watch it and i was like cool oh. <laughs> no but like yeah i oh, know dude, it's I'm amazing sorry. i, I did i immediately oh, after no, no, i said no, that no, really no, no. i was like oh okay no i'm leaving this in kitty because i want to know because like i think it looks amazing and i wanted to see it desperately beforehand and i still considered it when it was uh in theaters because i was like i know i'm gonna love it pixar has never done me wrong i mean it's gonna be sad but all their movies are sad so no i'm i'm thrilled to hear about it and i'm glad it's good 
Oh, yeah. Barley's probably my favorite Pixar character. You know what their dynamic reminds me of? It looks like um, it looks like the brothers in Sing Street to me. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. From far away, like mm-hmm. it looks like the the younger, like kind of like lame, quieter brother, and then the older one who's like, you know, all into like music and it's kind of mm-hmm. like a trailblazing, but kind of like a lazy stoner. Like I don't know, but that's just from what the 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 posters and trailers look like. I can't say shit. You love it. Yeah. You've watched it twice, so obviously you love it. I, yeah, I, lo- I really loved it. It's it's one of those things where, like, and I mean this as a compliment, and no shade to either party, but I like that it didn't feel like a Pixar film. Like, it like it felt fresh. Like, different. I mean, obviously, the, the elements are still there. It's still a buddy, like, uh, odd couple buddy road movie, as Pixar is wont to do, but... At the same time, it, it just felt so completely different from anything else I've seen from them. And I I just really... I, I love Barley. I've, I've met guys like him before in my life who are these really extroverted nerds who are just, like, good, goofy guys. And I don't think I've really seen that so much in cinema. And so I, I was just delighted to see him. And I like that he's not jealous of his younger brother for having magical powers when he was clearly the, the magic nerd. He's super supportive. And I I just think that it's great. That's wonderful. Yeah. It, ma- I, it made I, me want to really call my brother, it. for sure. That's what I've heard, too. I heard, the, like, and I, I've heard other people talk about it, and they're like, it's definitely, like, a tough movie. Um, it's totally a dead dad movie. I made a dead dad movie. Break. We're, tr- we're, we're turning some wheels on that, so... Hopefully you guys can see it soon, but um, it's something like that. But then I heard like the the back half of it totally becomes like a, a sibling movie, which is nice too. I'm glad mm-hmm. that they uh, they do both. Um, yeah, I totally. I feel like Wally was like that for me, where mm. when that came out, I was like, "Ooh, this is nothing like Toy Story or Bugs Life or Monsters Inc. or Cars mm-hmm. or like it was like a completely completely different flick." Um, mm-hmm. So I'm I'm thrilled to I'm thrilled to hear that they're still like a company like that still like has tricks up their sleeves and still thriving and like they can win an Oscar for Toy Story 4 but then also throw onward at you but don't think about the the, the good dinosaur because nobody saw that uh, <laughs> um, just forget about that one mm-hmm. uh, cool dude I'm thrilled to hear it anything else any other flicks any other shows I am attempting to watch or, you know I'm going back and I'm watching Riverdale uh, which is oh, a nice dumb good time i'm so glad that you I, got me on board with that and now i'm trying I'm to watch too. nancy drew interesting interesting so i dipped on riverdale i remember I, I i hit a wall on riverdale in like the middle of season two like when it was still airing mm-hmm. and i never really went back and then i got really into chilling adventures of sabrina which is like same universe um and i'm current on that and then mm-hmm. i saw cw was doing nancy drew and i really wanted to check it out how is it or wait you haven't started it no, no, no. I, I've seen the pilot. I need to keep watching. But I, what I think is really interesting about it is, for one thing, the setting is different. It's a seaside town, and w- which gives it a very interesting, different flavor. And I also totally. like that Nancy is college age, because a lot of times, oh, I didn't know that. yeah, a lot of times with these like teen shows, they're they're very sexual. Emma, which makes Emma me deeply uncomfortable. Roberts. Is it Emma Roberts? Oh. Uh, I mean, no, it's not her now, but there was a Nancy Drew movie, one or maybe two, where she was Nancy Drew. Oh, yeah, I did see that, that one. That was, like, in theater. And then also, not only that, but that girl who's in, uh, Sophia Lillis, who's in, I think, uh, oh, god damn it, she's in, 
Uh, it and I, I'm not okay with this. It and I'm not okay with this. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I kept one. I, I ugh, goddamn. But she <laughs> did a Nancy Drew movie. Um, I think it played in theater briefly, but I remember seeing the Blu-ray at Target. So Nancy Drew is always, uh, yeah, like traditionally, I think in the books too, um, very young women. So having a college age Nancy Drew is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Kind of a kind of a kind of a take. It's a. It's also going to be the first Nancy Drew property where like spookiness is real. So they're pulling a real 1980s scoob on you by making the, they're the scoobing spooky real. You. Yeah, they're scoobing it. Katie, you wrote this pilot already. God damn it. <laughs> I hate Hollywood. <laughs> oh, God, I got to move. But yeah, well, I, dope, man. I'm going to continue I, I watching check it. it. How are you watching it on the CW app? Yeah, It's just free online. Like, just if you really? watch the ads, it's totally accessible. Yeah, that's how that's that's how I would get Arrow and Flash. Like you know, mm-hmm. you got to do it with ads. But I'm I'm a boy that kind of like enjoys the the comfort of uh, having a commercial break. I really don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, like if Netflix had commercials, I actually truly don't think I'd give a shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I know like I, that's weird. I don't know why that is. But then I know like people that are like our parents' generation who despise like with a venom commercials mm-hmm. that will like if a show goes to commercial they'll flip to another show just for the duration of the commercial and then flip back like just so they're not wasting their time on not like without like content and i'm like ah, that seems like crazy to me but whatever that's my old man's move but i think that's because commercials like there are commercials that just make him so outraged like he has real genuine dad outrage when he thinks a commercial is too dumb yeah i don't Every, I don't have that. I, I still. <laughs> Every time I come home, he's angry about a different commercial. <laughs> I watch the same fucking six ESPN commercials every day because I stream ESPN. Mm-hmm. So there's no variety. It is always like the same handful. And like I've been passing, like I've been marking my days by just like the the programming of ESPN <laughs> because I'm just so I'm not like bored and I'm certainly not ungrateful mm-hmm. uh because I have a place to be during all of this I feel relatively healthy like we're we're cool and stuff and a lot of people are having a really hard time so I feel very fortunate um but yeah I'm definitely having to like scratch like marks into the wall of like oh it's Wednesday at 11 I'm watching NFL live again mm-hmm. and like stuff like that so you know we're getting through. Yeah. Hopefully the Bad Movie Brunch is providing people something to, to get through with. Yeah, I hope so too. And it's I always enjoy talking with you as well with our own personal movie book club that we have got going on. It is. Katie, we're we're like uh we're not super far from fifty episodes. I think this is forty four. Mm-hmm. Um, so good for us, man. Yeah. Like at least like the we're staying productive it took a it took a pandemic for us to release four episodes in a row mm-hmm. um but you know whatever <laughs> um fuck it this is our show yeah hell yeah we should do something to celebrate 50 when it comes out oh uh, we'll do something crazy i'm sure mm-hmm. um so all and i guess i should always pitch our social media follow us on facebook and instagram i'm trying to do more with our instagram now it's kind of the only like social media i have left that i enjoy Mm. like i like facebook but it definitely feels like a college friend and family medium Mm. and Mm -hmm. then twitter like totally like wrung out my like brain and sanity like a sponge (laughs) Uh, so i i I quit twitter like two years ago i was Mm -hmm. like this is a, a bad place and i'm gonna have a panic attack um so I, I think Instagram is kind of the last one I have left. 
Uh, I know that might seem laughable because it's pro- basically the same exact thing, but I'm trying. I like it, so I'm trying to do more of that. Bad movie brunch on Instagram mm-hmm. at Lucas Guy Taylor on Instagram. Katie, are you on Instagram? Because I never tag you. I'm I'm not on Instagram. I'm Katie Grotzinger on Twitter. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> With all that being said, mm-hmm. I've been Luke Taylor. I've been Katie Grotzinger. You have a good one, folks. Okie doke.